0: Welcome to the inaugural edition of Viewers Like Us. We are your hosts, Ali and Josh Goldberg. Thank you for listening. And uh, I guess, Josh, on this new podcast that we are bringing to people, because you and I have worked together for a number of years, both on and off the air in uh, local radio here in Toronto, which is where we are, I guess, recording from, broadcasting from. But uh, considering we have uh, uh, shared so many sports takes and other takes as well, I figured we might as well uh, uh, branch out and get into the TV, TV side of things as well.
1: Yeah, we were we were thinking about it and I remember I think it was either bef- right I think it was right before the Avengers or maybe right after the Avengers uh, the final Avengers movie. We did uh Showtime your podcast and and we liked it and obviously we're both big t- TV and film fans, you're probably a bigger film buff than I am. And TV is just – TV is the medium that everyone can connect over, right? Especially these days, we're inside a lot more. Sure, I'm sure a lot of people are watching movies. But when you're thinking about television these days or, or, you know, when you're thinking about – trying to pass the time as you're at home more and more, you're not getting as many recommendations for movies. You're getting, hey, can I binge this show? Give me a good show to binge. Is there a show that has a lot of seasons that will last a long time that I'll enjoy? And I, I feel as though television, and it's been happening for a while, and I feel like it's really maybe sort of finally happened completely, has overtaken film in terms of casual interest when it comes to, you know, the average person.
0: Yeah, I think I would agree with you. I think for most people, TV is probably uh, more accessible, let's say, than any other any other form, right? I think video games are rapidly climbing the list, but I think for most people, it is really easy to turn on a streaming service, turn on the TV, turn on their box or whatever it is, however you consume television and and watch. And I think... We also live in an era I think too where prestige TV has essentially become the norm, right? Like remember when remember when TV shows like Game of Thrones and I guess before that like Mad Men and Breaking Bad and so on, when, when those TV shows at the beginning of the 2010s, let's say, which is crazy because that decade is completely over now, but at the beginning of the previous decade was kind of the rise of uh of that kind of TV, that style of TV And now you see, uh, you know, more and more studios pouring resources into television programs. Like, I I mean, a lot of these things have been delayed now because of the pandemic and and the times we live in, like you mentioned. But, you know, we we were going to get a a new Lord of the Rings uh, series, right? And the joke is always... You know what movies can you be can you make into TV shows now, right? Yeah. Like, I, I feel like it's it's only a matter of time before we get like Harry Potter remade on uh, in the in film and or on uh, TV, and I, I feel like people well people's reactions to things like that are understandably mixed, but at the same time, you, TV as a format I feel like allows you for uh, more detailed storytelling than perhaps a two hour or two and a half hour movie. Yeah, that's
1: that's uh, that's definitely the case. You can flesh a lot more out in, uh, in television. Like, I don't know if you uh, uh, to, to sort of sidetrack a little bit. I don't know if you have watched the, the Netflix movie. I think the, the Alan Yang movie Tiger Tail that just got released, uh, I think, last week. I watched it. It was 91 minutes of runtime. And you know what? There's probably a good TV show there, or at least a a longer movie. And that's, I feel, as though the problem when it comes to dramatic movies. Sure, action movies, comic book movies, whatever of that ilk, it doesn't need that much runtime, and they're not telling a super in-depth story. But dramatic movies, character-set movies, or character-driven movies need more runtime. And that's why I feel a lot of the times these days, some of these movies... Feel, leave you feeling a little bit short-changed change, in some respects, whereas TV, especially you know these days with 12, 13 hours of Netflix or Amazon Prime or whatever platform it is, they have more leash to really dive into stuff. And then obviously you get more seasons and you get more and more. And sometimes these shows don't have their footing right away these newer streaming service shows like Ozark, for example, but the the longer they go on and the more confident they get that they, you know, have the opportunity to tell a story. I find that they start to find their footing more and more.
0: Yeah, I think that's fair. And I find something that's really interesting about what you said is, you know, dramas, for example, are the are the format, that perhaps could use a little more room to breathe on television versus movies, and, and it's funny right, because you look at you look back at some of, some of these other movies that are out, such as and let's take last year's uh, this past year's best pictures uh, best Picture winner parasite, and the movie took home four Oscars, and it was probably one of the best movies i've seen in years uh, very obviously like it's very funny, but also tells a very compelling story about drama and all these things and and i i don't know that like that movie necessarily would be better suited to TV, but it is going to be on TV now. Right. But after I won all the uh, various Oscars, Bong Joon-ho made a deal. I don't know what studio it was with. I think it might've been Amazon, might've been Netflix, uh, might've been Apple. I'm not sure, but one of the services uh, with him, they basically agreed to make a new, I guess uh, a new television series about the events of the movie and peripheral, peripheral events, and perhaps continuing the story a little bit for other characters. And, and it's funny because I don't think that's ever really happened before, where a movie that's won Best Picture has necessarily gone on and and become and ha- had another life, let's say, on the small screen. Probably not, I would say, because most of the, I guess,
1: mainstream American Best Picture winners had their run in theaters. And then, yeah, they're going to be watched on DVD and streamed and what have you, but... Uh, Parasite wasn't readily available, I guess, to the general public, I guess, on this side of the world, and in Europe as well, when it had its initial run, and Like anything, and the same thing happened after the Oscars, when it won the Oscar, the demand went way up, it started being re-released in different theatres in major North American and Western European cities, and I think it's coming to crave, I want to say sometime in May, and I'll give it another watch, like I I saw it in theatres months and months ago, I can't remember exactly when I saw it, like when it was first out, because I was curious and I had heard great things, But now I have another opportunity to see it again, and I'll be certainly curious uh, in terms of how it rewatches, because a lot of TV watching for me is rewatchability. Like a show to me needs to be rewatchable for it to really earn my my stamp of approval. My my satisfaction needs to be tied it over multiple times. And that's why all of my favorite shows are what they are, because I've watched them tons and tons of times and I can get new things i can glean new stuff upon each rewatch and i'm curious if a movie like parasite is going to do that i imagine it will
0: i think it probably will It, it it definitely has the broad appeal uh, where it's it's funny and it's uh, it now has name recognition, right? Because of course it won Best Picture, it won Best Director, and so on. So if that's the case, I feel like people are at least willing to give it a chance. And if people like Bong Joon Ho are, are behind it, then I do truly believe that uh, people will also continue to perhaps engage with his work. And we'll see. We'll definitely see how uh, his his work on the big screen translates to the quote unquote small screen. As I said before, uh, one thing I wanted to ask you is since we we've decided to do this podcast and I feel like this is going to be, uh, you know, podcasts, I think, evolve naturally. But I feel like this one is going to be more, well, we'll tackle the things we're watching, right? Give you some uh, Tales from the Couch, as we've discussed. And, uh, you know, I feel like Better Call Saul's going to sneak in there. Westworld might sneak in there. Uh, other shows you and I are watching that are currently airing on television, I feel like, will definitely sneak in there. But one thing I wanted to get to in this kind of uh, appetizer of an episode are, uh, are, are things about... Our tastes in television, because you and I, I think, have some overlapping tastes, but I think there are others where you know, if, if there's the Venn diagram, I think most of that interlapping circle is 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 there, but there there are those parts on the outliers as well that I think you know color our tastes slightly differently, as I think anyone is really right. I mean, it's pretty common. So I wanted to get your take on five TV shows, and I'll give mine as well, five that perhaps, are not necessarily your favorite five television shows, but perhaps your your five shows that inform people as to what your tastes are like, if that makes sense. So, okay, I,
1: I, we, I came up with my list, and the first two are tied hand-in-hand hand because they're like an inspiration of each other. And one's just maybe a little bit more of a crude version of the other. And it's Seinfeld in Curb Your Enthusiasm. And the You Know Me, the sense of humor of those shows, I think, is somewhat similar to my sense of humor, dry, right? And, and self-deprecating a little bit. And ever since I was a teenager, those shows uh, really resonated with me and I connected with them. And then the other three are all dramas and all... Uh, Two of them are certainly peak golden era television uh, dramas, uh, The Sopranos, which you're currently in the process of watching. And I just finished uh, maybe my fifth rewatch or sixth rewatch. Always great and will withstand the test of time. will be rewatchable in 50 years. Same with The Wire. uh, Tremendous show. A lot of depth um just a lot of character involved you know not exactly action packed all the time but tells a story and tells it in a really impressive and kind of daring manner especially for the time it came out and then the fifth one is the americans and maybe one that i think slips through the cracks for some people yeah there were some slow moments but a really terrific show driven by two Really, really good characters, well written. Um, Obviously, you know uh, Carrie Russell and Matthew Reese ended up together in real life, which is an interesting piece of symmetry. But satisfying final season and a one of the better finales of a drama in recent memory, which I think has elevated its standing in my in my mind.
0: Isn't it funny how a finale can elevate or completely destroy? A TV show, and of course, oh, yeah. you're talking about Game of Thrones. Like, Game of Thrones is not on my list, and obviously, it's not on yours. And but I, for all the joy that Game of Thrones brought people over its run, which was quite high, like I think the highs of Game of Thrones are as high as any TV show because of of the uniqueness of it. Right, you hadn't really gotten a TV show that brought such medieval fantasies to life and the fully realized characters. And even though it, it it's just funny because at the very end of the show. It got so far away, I feel like, from what made it good. And the ending was so widely disdained that at this point, people shudder when you even mention those three words, Game of Thrones. Yeah. And
1: it it, uh, I don't think it's it's going to get better with time. I think people will probably just continue to be more and more disconnected from the thought that at a point it was maybe the best show in the history of TV or certainly In the conversation and justifiably so at a point, but yeah, all, all of that can be undone in the blink of an eye. And, you know, I, am I know we differ on this, but Lost's finale is a polarizing one. And I had already soured on Lost before the finale, but I thought that the finale, you know, I didn't love it in the moment. And I I, honestly, I haven't rewatched it or I haven't rewatched that show. So maybe I would get a different perspective of it. But Game of Thrones, I don't envision. I I feel as though if I watch the series again and then watch that finale again and watch that final season again, I think it would just drive me more insane than anything else.
0: Yeah, I think you're you're probably right. I I have not yet done a rewatch of Game of Thrones since all the original episodes aired. I've so I've only ever watched the TV show once from beginning to end, and it was as it aired. So I, I think I, I'm interested to go back and maybe uh, experience it again. Uh, for me, my uh, my five, it's funny you mentioned Lost. Lost is on my, my list. Lost is one of the top five because I, Lost is one of those ones for me that is both on my favorite TV shows of all time. I think it is actually my favorite TV show of all time. Uh, And also it's on, I think, the the list that we're talking about, the five shows that you need to know about us, basically, right? And I think it's because Lost for me was the first ever TV show where I I felt like it was, quote-unquote, appointment viewing, right? Like, I felt like I had to be home, I had to watch it, I didn't want to wait until the next day to maybe get spoiled by all my friends who were also watching it. Like, I didn't want to wait, so I, I had to be home and watching it. Uh, I usually waited until it was done, like in about an hour, because I I was never home uh, on time because I was in school at the time. But uh, because of that, I, I would just wait and I would I would uh, borrow my parents' uh, DVR and then just rewind it essentially and rewatch it essentially right as after it finished, basically as the what people on the West Coast are watching it, I guess. Uh, and um, I just feel like it was the show that became, at least for me, the harbinger for TV shows like Breaking Bad and like Game of Thrones. And I guess now Better Call Saul and Westworld, like TV shows that are appointment viewing in the sense that uh, they're like it it was the kind of water cooler conversation before social media existed. Right. Like if Lost existed at the time that uh, social media existed, I feel like it would be viewed in a slightly different light.
1: Yeah, I I think that there's I think that there's probably something to be said for that, because I think its finale was in 2010 which is basically when Twitter really started to find its initial footing. Yeah, if that show premieres five years later and goes from 2009 to 2015-16, then perhaps it's a totally different uh, kettle of fish. I think at at this point, it's almost forgotten. uh, And I I think that that's probably doing it a disservice, whatever you say about it, positively or negatively. It was... an impactful television show, and it was one of the few network shows that was worth watching and, like you said, was a point in viewing because at a point, you know, all of the, the golden age – I guess Mad Men was on AMC, so I guess that's a network, but a little bit different than an ABC, a CBS, a Fox, an NBC – There weren't as many dramatic shows that were worth watching on American network television. And Lost was able to break that mold and be extremely watchable and a water cooler, coffee maker uh, kind of show at the office. And honestly, since Lost, there aren't that many dramas on American network uh, cable networks that have filled that. Mantle. It just hasn't really been something that the networks have had a ton of success with.
0: Yeah, it's true. I I feel like I I feel like they've really tried and failed to capture the kind of the kind of gotcha feeling that Lost really put out there. Like ending every episode on a on a hard cut to black. And just the lost title card, and lo- so many TV shows have come close. And I think a lot of TV shows since then, all- as well, like the ones we mentioned, Breaking Bad and Mad Men, and and Game of Thrones later on, and yeah, like, like other other shows like that. I think have definitely surpassed Lost in storytelling and the kind of stories it was telling. But I mean, without Lost, you don't get shows like the recent Watchmen, which was really good, or you don't get shows like The Leftovers, which honestly yeah. I could have I could have I could have substituted lost for, for the leftovers it's on really this good. list because it is absolutely fantastic but i think the other the other four on my list i have the wire that's i think our only crossover for all the reasons you mentioned it was absolutely fantastic and i think a lot of people are are at least for me correct when, when they say uh that that the wire is maybe the best tv show of all time and, yeah. and that's so subjective and maybe you like comedies maybe you like dramas or what have you but i still think that Pound for pound, The Wire is truly the best television show ever. Uh, I was really happy to get it on uh, Amazon Prime Day, I think, a couple years ago. The Blu-ray, which was really nice, the complete series. So I i, I rewatched that every couple of years. Uh, and rounding out my top five are uh, three kind of lighter shows. I have Frasier on there, which is funny because it's it's a rare a rare example, I feel like, of a show that perhaps was at the very least as popular, but maybe at, at its height was maybe even more popular than the show that it, it was spawned from, Cheers, uh, in terms of ratings and awards. Like, and of course, Cheers was more of an ensemble cast versus Frasier, which was more focused on these specific people. But it, it's crazy to think that, Frasier is is so widely beloved, and, and Cheers. Not that Cheers isn't, but it's definitely viewed differently because Frasier exists as a television show. And I think Frasier actually ran for longer than Cheers did, if I'm not mistaken. By the by, the end of its run, at the very least. Uh, and then rounding out, yeah, then that last two shows, Parks and Rec, which I I think is, I mean, it's it's the same kind of uh, let's say, kind of shows as that Mike Schur makes, like The Office and. Uh, Brooklyn Nine-Nine and The Good Place and so on and those are all really good shows but Parks and Rec is the most I think wholesome one and for that reason it, it kind of stands for me at least a cut above I'd I really like all the characters especially when they once they found their footing in season two and and, and the last one on my list is Firefly just because sci-fi is uh, near and dear to my heart and I feel like Firefly is my favorite sci-fi television show. I just got finished watching The Next Generation Star Trek, but at the same time, I think Firefly is a more unique, a uh, more unique setting. It kind of combines the sci-fi and, and westernized elements, which maybe is the reason I like Westworld so much. But at the same time, yeah, I think those are my those are my five: The Wire, Frasier, Parks and Rec, Firefly, and Lost
1: eclectic mix, right? Like of uh, past and, and more present dramas, comedies. I guess I had a couple of comedies in there as well, but uh Frasier's an interesting one. I, I like Fraser. Every time I, I see it on, I'm happy to watch it, but it's not one that I've made a uh a concerted effort to watch start to finish.
0: Yeah, Frasier I, I have to admit, I never really watched it at the time it was airing. It was one of those T V shows I ended up I ended up kind of getting into much later in life, especially once I li- started living downtown. Basically once I started working with you, actually, back in 2016. And when I when I moved here back downtown, because I kind of lived downtown, I, I moved back to Scarborough, which is where I'm from, and then I moved back downtown again. And when I moved back down here the second time, my, my roommate, who was uh, one of my good friends, my one of my cousins who I'm very close with as well, he is a huge Fraser fan. And he uh, told me, hey, look, I have the box set let's give it a shot and if you don't like it we don't have to watch it but if you do like it then we can give it a shot and and i gave him the benefit of the doubt because he is also the same one who got me onto breaking bad in the first place because i didn't actually start watching breaking bad until it was like well into season three like i, mean, I think maybe about halfway into season three and it was getting all these accolades which is when uh my cousin he was visiting at the time from new york and he said hey show why don't we watch a little bit of breaking bad and they said okay and I got hooked as many people have. And, uh, so because of that, because of the, he he hadn't steered me wrong, we went with Frazier and uh, Frazier ended up being a good call as well.
1: Yeah. Maybe, you know, as we embark on this, uh, on this podcast, maybe it will allow me to, you know, take some, some dives into shows that maybe I haven't for whatever reason, for, you know, the purpose of a good conversation. And maybe Frazier's one that I'm going to put on the list.
0: I think for me the the one that I've started taking a dive into, and you said it earlier, is The Sopranos. I I just I never gotten around to watching it, but it is uh, it's great so far. I've already absolutely crushed season one. I'm a couple of episodes into season two. I think I just finished episode two of season two last night. Uh, but my, my because my aforementioned roommate is into it as well, he's, in his, he's at his girlfriend's this weekend. So I, I've decided to uh, wait until he returns uh, tomorrow night to fin- to continue watching any more uh, Sopranos. But I, I, I've, I've, I've been very encouraged by what I've seen so far. It is absolutely excellent. And everyone who I've told that I've embarked this journey on, from our fellow uh, co-workers at Sportsnet to all our different uh, friends and family, every single one of them have... Uh, endorsed the sopranos and i mean it is regularly in the list of greatest tv shows and greatest performances of all time so i guess that's not a surprise
1: we're gonna have to uh do a regular podcast episode update on where you are with the sopranos and you know talk about some of the stuff that's going on in the show at the time so we can uh have that kind of forum to have that kind of conversation Absolutely.
0: What what is the before we uh, wrap up our, our inaugural episode here of viewers like us? What do you think? What do you think the show you want to cover the most pressingly is?
1: Probably better call Saul because it's about to finish as we record this on a Saturday late afternoon. The finale is two days from now on Monday. I feel as though this season and some of the moments of this season and what I imagine is going to be. A pretty explosive finale are going to require a fair bit of conversation
0: yeah the finale i believe is titled something unforgivable so i am wondering oh that could be anything honestly right like that could be something really small to something huge so i'm uh i and you are both looking forward to it i'm much like with lost josh i'm the kind of person who will watch better call saul the day after so i'll probably watch it on tuesday so uh i'm probably not going to text you at all on monday Yeah, don't, because I've I've
1: been watching it at like starting 930 on Monday night. Just let it uh, record a bit. And then, you know, so I can fast forward through all of the commercials. And yeah, I'll have it done by 11 o'clock on Monday night. So, yeah, we'll we'll have to reconvene either late Tuesday or uh, or on Wednesday morning.
0: All right. So we'll sneak in. Uh, some Better Call Saul talk. I'm sure, actually, that'll be a big focus of it uh, going forward. Josh and I have had uh, some spirited debates in the past about – what, what is better, be- Breaking Bad or Better Call Sala? I think we both lean on one particular side, but we'll get into that on the next episode. Uh, I'm sure some Westworld talk uh, yep. and some and so Sopranos check-ins will be in the near future as well. But uh, thank you so much for listening to the inaugural episode of Viewers Like Us. We are your hosts. I'm Ali, and alongside me, Josh Goldberg, for The Ride. We will be bringing you our TV opinions and reviews every weekend. We hope to have you again next time.